So this is the second series, Hope Silicon Valley, which we're going to uh, do on August 6th. And the prayers, the dreams, and the visions that we have, you'll be able to see it on August 6th. And uh, we may not be able to see fully the vision, but this will be the beginning of the vision. So this is the first year. This is the first time you may see in part what this vision is going to be. It will give a better framework for us for the coming years. Right? So um, um, I know many of you are excited. And some of you may not be. But after the first one, you might be 80%. After the second one, 90%. After the third one, you are like all sold in, right? And that's how it happens. But the reason why we talk about Hope Silicon Valley today is because you can get a glimpse of what God has a vision for you. What kind of a vision God has for you. And part of that vision is in Hope Silicon Valley. So what is hope? Some of you have asked that. What is hope? Hope SV 2017 means HOPE Silicon Valley 2017. And HOPE is an acronym. H is for hunger and health. We are doing our part as a church, our small part to alleviate food and health insecurity. And why are we doing this? Because this is the vision that is vividly described by the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 25. That when I was sick, you visited me. When I was hungry, you gave me when I, food to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me water to drink. When I was naked, you gave me clothes. It's food insecurity, health insecurity that God talks about. That in order for you to enter the kingdom of God, apart, apart from being a follower of Jesus Christ, these are the things that you must do. This is not an opt-in or opt-out for us. Okay? This is what a normal Christian should be doing. It's a normal Christian life to feed the hungry, to take care of those who are sick and ill, those who, are, those who have food insecurity, health insecurity. And we talked about that last Sunday on hunger and health. The second one is outreach. And that's the sermon we're going to talk about. Initiative to bridge hope and opportunities. If you are going to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, give water to the thirsty, visit the sick, and those who are in prison, what would that look like? It would look like you getting out of your comfortable chair and going out of your door. It is outreach. Outreach. It is a natural progression of what you want to do. Oh, it's outreach. Outreaching with initiative. For hope and opportunities. Here is a job. I can help you connect with somebody. Here is where you can get food. Here is where you can get clothes. Here is where you can get health care. Here is where somebody can visit you in prison. Or I could do it myself. If you can't do it yourself, somebody come alongside you and do it. Outreach. We're going to talk about outreach today. And the third one is prayer. If you can go out of your chair for some reason because your health... Or if you have no money that you can give to other people, if you have no food to share, no clothes to share, no water to give, there is one thing you can give, prayer. It doesn't cost anything to anybody. You can pray for your neighbor, you can pray for the city, you can pray for the country, you can pray for the world where you are. But it takes discipline to pray. Prayer is not easy. Although it is free, it is one of the hardest things to do. 
Because there are so many things that you do in a day except pray. You talk about prayer. You read about prayer. You think about prayer, but you don't pray. I don't pray. We, we read more about prayer than prayer itself because it's hard. It is hard to pray, but we're going to pray for our neighbors. And the last one is E. It is engaging in education. Engage in education. Education matter. And we'll talk about this in the last sermon. Because hunger, health, sickness, incarceration, all these things are related to kids that are disengaged with education. Disengaged education leads to dropouts. Dropouts lead to where? Food insecurity, health insecurity. It leads to incarceration. Oh, it's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. We got to engage with education with our eyes on where? Our neighbor, right across the street. Thousands of kids are there. Our church is surrounded by schools. We got to do something about it. We got to engage with these kids. This is the mission field that God has given to us. Is it difficult? Yes, it is very difficult. But that should not hinder and prevent us from making an effort to engage with the students, to engage with their education, and prepare them to be a good citizen of this country, that they may also be a person that will give food, clothes, water, take care of the sick, and visit the people in prison, not the person that are in need of those things. We have to prepare that. And it's the, it's the role of the church, the church of Christ, to do that. This is not something that we have concocted here in Santa Clara Valley, a place of innovation and creativity. No, this is in the Bible from the beginning of time. God has commanded this to his people in Old Testament and Christ reiterated in the New Testament. This is not new. This is not new. This is who we are and who we should be. That is hope. Right? Any questions? Is it unclear to all of you on hope? Hope, Silicon Valley. I'll give you a question an hour at the end too, so you start thinking about it. There's a microphone here, and I'll take your questions, okay? Uh, If you're new, we have taken questions after sermon here at the church, so it's participatory, okay? So let me read the scripture then. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Matthew 25, 34, 36, 34 to 36, and verse 40. This is the reason why we do. Why? What is hope? Why do we do hope? Why do we do hope? The reason why we do hope is because I want to be in heaven. My ultimate goal in life is to be in heaven. I don't know about you. I'm here hoping and doing everything I can that I will spend eternally with God. 
That is my ambition. That is my goal of life. In order to do that, I have to live like Christ. Christ said, in order for you to live with me, you got to identify with me, right? To identify with Christ means to commit to him, to follow him, to listen to what he teaches, and to live like him. So, if you want to live with me, you have to live like me, live like Christ. Then, how do we live like Christ? We live like Christ by how Christ identified with. Whom he identified with. Who didn't he identify with? The poor, the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, those who are ill, those who are in prison, those who are ignored and disregarded. He identified with them. What do we identify with? We try to identify with somebody high up there. Right? Oh, the president is my uncle. Oh, the CEO is my friend. Right? Oh, that doctor. Yeah, we are from the family. We identify with those up there. And Christ saying, no, you want to spend time with me? You identify with whom I identify. Whom I identify. So I want to ask a question this morning to you. Who do you identify with? Who do you identify with this morning, Mario? Not the Super Mario. Right? Who do you identify with? And uh, it matters whom we identify with. And why do we hope? Why do we do hope? I want to hear it from our own. Why we do hope? Why this is important? And Mario was in a place where this would have been unreal. Right? And uh, Mario, you're working at uh, building the spacecraft for the Apple, right? Right. What right. is your job? I'm the uh, general superintendent and quality control manager for my company building the restaurants and cafes that are part of that building. And uh, when that is done, uh, he's going to give all our members a tour there. <laughs> 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 all right? But this is a miracle that you're standing here, Mario. And when I was talking and starting the first series on hope, you came to me and said, Pastor, I was in a place where I can't imagine that I will be here today. Tell us why hope is important and how ministry like this got you out that you're standing here today. Sure, thank you. Um, so as some of you know, I'm Mario. I haven't uh, gotten a chance to get too involved as much as my wife has. Um, but we've been coming to the church here now for about two months. And uh, I, it, it was the sermon last week that really hit my heart. I identified with the message. And I had to talk to the pastor and let him know how important it was to me. And just to give you a little understanding, um, I've, the, the issues regarding the homeless uh, have always been important to me, especially these last... 10 years or so, uh, about 10 years ago, um, I was lost. I was, I was struggling. I, I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about anybody. Um, I didn't think anybody cared about me. And it was a really tough time. Um, so I've been involved in the homeless ministries for some time, and I've got a chance to know a lot of people. And um, I just think it's important that everybody understands that the stigmas and, the, and the, the labels that are put on people are just so unfair and so wrong. There are good people out there who are struggling, 
who are, there are people you probably know now, maybe even some of you who are living paycheck to paycheck, just one paycheck away from being without yourselves. And some people don't make it. And unfortunately for them, it becomes a downward spiral. You start to feel so alone and so helpless. And, and eventually they start to, believe me, they're judging themselves more than any of you could. So it's not about judging. That's not what Christ did, and that's not what we should be doing. And um, you may still be a little speculative, right? There's con artists out there. There's scammers who are trying to get that money, and they're climbing in their Porsches and driving to their mansions. But that's not the reality. There's families out there. There's children. There's disabled, mentally ill, people struggling, people who are just like you, who just fell down a hole and couldn't get out. And so you may be wondering how, maybe I was tricked, maybe I was fooled by the people I've gotten to know, but I can tell you I was one of those people. Um, I fell down a hole. I thought it was hard to get out, but my church that I started going to many years ago, they did a ministry, they came out, and they started talking to people, and they brought the word of God to me. And it was when I realized it didn't matter how I, if I loved myself, it didn't matter if you loved me or anybody did. He did. And that's what mattered. And that made me feel like I could overcome. And I got involved as I came out of that hole with the church. I got involved and helped friends of mine that were in the similar situations. During one of those ministries at Christmas time when we were handing out families backpacks and toys for children and food. I met my wife, um, who was there just as a volunteer from the church herself. We'd passed each other for two years and had never met. And uh, now we have two beautiful children. Um, I've learned a new career. A friend of mine from my church started me out at the bottom of a business, and I built, worked my way up. Um, and it all started from where I couldn't give myself or I couldn't learn to love myself. I learned that God loved me. And Amen. that was enough. Amen. And that's the start. And it doesn't matter what those people do with what you give them or what time you give or money or, or, or anything. You worry about they're going to go spend their money in, in bad places, in bad ways, drugs, alcohol, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not about their actions. It's about yours. It's about doing what's right because it's the right thing to do. It doesn't matter what happens after that. It's your relationship with God that matters. So please, don't judge. Don't look down on those you don't understand. And you may not be so far away from, as you may think. And reach out and help the best that you can. This is a really good opportunity for me to reconnect, to show my sons now that example, and for all of you to reach out as well. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so uh, from homelessness to hope, from somebody that's uh, taking food from other people to supervise uh, making kitchen uh, eating place for one of the greatest office space in the world, that is, uh, that is God's story. That is God's story. And I want us to be a part of that. I want us to be a part of that. 
You have made lots of money. And I want you to use your money to do something worthwhile. Meaningful in your life. Or is it earning money is the goal and end itself for you? But you can use your money to make a difference in people's lives. That they can change. They can have a wife. They can have children. They can provide for them and model for them. If you're in a hole, this is the way to get out of the hole into hope. And share hope to other people. Hope, Silicon Valley, is to build hope in this city. There may be so many rich people in this city, but they are also hunger and thirsting for righteousness. Spiritual hunger is there. And we want to attract them that they, they can find their food and, and water through serving other people. And some of you, that you might think that, oh, I don't have any money. I can't help other people. That may not be true. And I want to share this. To live like Christ, to live with Christ. Christ had nothing when he came to this world. But he had God, his Father. He used all the help that he get from praying to God. God supplying the needs to masses, multitudes, five thousands, feeding just men, not counting women and children. 4,000 at another time. To live with Christ is our envisioned future. And to inherit the kingdom, we identify with Christ. So, to live like Christ is our present vision here. And to identify with Christ, we identify with the list of my brethren, of this brethren. Jesus identified with the hungry. Jesus identified with the thirsty. Jesus identified with the stranger. Jesus identified with the naked. Jesus identified with the sick. Identified with those in prison. Why? Because people matter. People matter. People matter to God. He gave His own Son... Because you and I matter to Him. And if people matter to God, if people matter to Christ, then it should matter to the church of Christ. And how do we show that they matter? We take part to alleviate health and hunger insecurity. Because that's the basic need of people. When we talk about education readiness, we're talking about backpacks, giving haircuts to students and children, doing college financial planning, giving their physicals, immunization, free service. Last week, there was a 3DR office lady uh, mentioned to me, pastor, Somebody came in the office. And as we were handing out the food, the grocery bag of food, uh, she talked about Hope uh, Silicon Valley. And she mentioned about haircuts. And she started crying, the lady at the window. She said, uh, I have four, five, six. 
twenty dollars, right? Or fifteen dollars if you're lucky, get somewhere. They were struggling. How am I going to take care of these six kids? Fifteen dollars haircut. And Trudy mentioned about this haircut, and she started crying. She started crying, and she's coming on August the sixth at Hope Silicon Valley to get a haircut for their kids. Isn't that spreading hope? Isn't that education readiness? We would have never thought about it that way. That a, a haircut could bring tears to the eyes of a person and weld up hope in their heart because of your kindness and your, your generosity. This is love in action. And today, Santa Clara First Baptist Church, I want us to be real. I want us to be honest. Right? Can we be honest the next uh, 10, 15 minutes? Just be real to ourselves. And that you you will not take this me talking to you, but sharing, reflecting ourselves. This is not a judgment on you or on me. I'm just going to share what we should do. Because people matter to God. And if people matter to God, then you will be thinking about them. Because you know why? You know why? Because by nature, we are predisposed to be selfish. To be self-serving. Okay? We are selfish people by nature. Because then you ask, Pastor, why do we help? Why do we help other people when we need help ourselves? We help other people because that's Christ commanded us to do. If we don't help people, you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. See, I said it. I said we'll be real. It's not a judgment. I'm just saying the truth. So we have to come out against our predisposed, selfish nature, self-serving nature, and help other people. We want people to serve us. We don't want people to serve them. So when we're going to do this, the first thing is, we're going to do Vision 2020. Uh, Nobody came and told me actually, but you'll say, Pastor, where are you going to get the money? Right? Everything is measured by dollars. No, this is not about dollars. This vision is not about uh, dollars. It's about obeying and following the Lord and His teaching. If you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you live by what He teach and how He live. And we are going to measure ourselves by how we live. Are we living up to what Christ teaches us to live? So if we do a survey this morning and ask, how many times did you feed the poor this week? How many times did you give clothes? How many times did you give uh, water? How many times did you visit the sick? How many times did you visit the prison? And if we do this list to all of us and we check, because our calendar, our bank account is going to reflect who we are. Our calendar and our bank account reflects who we are. So people matter. Then we have to make them matter. We have to care for them without judging. No judgment. We want to care for the, we want for the kids and students at Santa Clara High, Central, Bauer, Scott, wherever it may be. So we want to give them free haircut to the kids, to the students. And say, we love you. We care for you. We're interested in your education. City team is doing that too. Backpack and school supplies. 
in San Jose. Everywhere it's needed. And they were talking about even at CDT. What happens if a kid go on the first day of the school and he has or she has nothing? She has nothing. Do you think a kid would like to go on the first day of the school without uniform? And the teacher is calling you, why are you here without uniform? Where's your bag? Where's your book? We can help with that. People matter to God. People matter to God. And prayer matters. Praying for them matters. Education matters. But this is outreach time. Initiative to build hope and bridge opportunities. Love your neighbors. No one is exempted from loving the neighbors. When you read the Bible, the Bible didn't say, okay, only rich people love your neighbors because you have money. It's not there. Poor people are exempted from loving your neighbors because you are poor. No, it didn't say that. It didn't say that Jesus did not divide because he knows we are able to do it. Whether you're rich or poor, big or small, tall like me and short like you, you know, you can love people. You can love people. He did not opt in. You can opt in or opt out. Okay, when you decide to follow the Lord, here is an opt in or out. You can opt in to love your neighbors or opt out to love your neighbors. No, there is no options. There is no option. This is, this is, this is prerequisite. This is required. For some students, you know what is prerequisite course and required course. Even before you start your course, this is a required course. No one is exempted from this commandment to love your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and to love your neighbors as yourself. No one is exempted. Did you know? You say you're poor. But did you know that the 5% of the bottom poor of America, 5%, did, did anyone hear 5%? Can I hear 5%? Yes, thank you. Yes. Because last time I said four and then five and then six. So I want to get this time right. Right, Five percent of the bottom of America live better and is richer than 68% of the entire world population. Did you know that? You think you had it hard and rough. But 68% of the world population... Lives equally or worse than 5% of American poor. Is that it? No. 10% of the bottom of America, 10% of the bottom of America is equal and equivalent with 10% of the top of the world. Like in Russia, Mexico, Brazil, India, people that are here from our church, the ten top, the bottom of the tenth in America is equal to the top ten percent in India, in Mexico, in Brazil, in Poland, in, in Russia. Did you know that? And you say you're poor? The one percent richest in this country may be way off better than you, but when you lump up together the top ten percent from this country, the poorest of the poor in America 
is still living at par with the riches of the rich in the world. No opt-in or opt-out. By nature, we're selfish, self-centered, and self-serving. Hope Silicon Valley is to enable us to get out of that and be kind, be generous, be Christ-like, be loving to one another, taking every opportunity to share the gospel to other people. This week, when I was doing the Bible study on Wednesday, back to basics. I do back to basics at 6.30. And uh, if you want to relearn the scripture afresh, this would be your class. Maybe you have taught, you have been taught in the Bible in different way or you have inherited some teaching from here and there and you want to see whether the learning that you have is biblical or not, you might want to come and try back to basics. This is for everybody, faith, non-faith, Christian, non-Christian. And I'm teaching the Bible from different angles so you can have intelligent, articulate, articulating your faith with other people of faith without getting into a fight. Scratching and pulling hairs. But be kind and be gracious. Be knowledgeable. So I was teaching this class. And we were at what? The new covenant. Talking about Joshua. Chapter 5 verse 4. That people, when they were going to the promised land, they have to circumcise. Joshua had to circumcise all of them so they are worthy to enter the promised promised land. Because circumcision at that time means forgiveness of the sins from Egypt and on the way to Egypt in in the wilderness. And they were circumcised. And then we went to Colossians talking about how that we were all circumcised in Christ. That we were in the baptism of Christ. And as we were talking about this baptism and circumcision, that the sign of circumcision is related to baptism, there was a phone call from one of our members. He is sitting here probably. His name is Larry. He called me, you know. And I'm teaching, so I put my phone down. I can't talk to you right now, right? And then there was a call again, you know. And one of our, um, uh, our class was saying, Pastor, maybe you should take the call. It's twice. So I took the call. So I have a friend, somebody that wants to ask about Christ and baptism and God and so many questions. I pick up the call and say, you know, why do good things happen to good people? Who is God? This and that. Can we set an appointment? And yes. So they came Thursday morning. I thought one, but two. Two came in Thursday morning. Opened the door. We had a Thursday prayer. They were there. They saw the two gentlemen come in. And I'm sharing this to this guy he's talking about Jesus some people say that Jesus is the true God but what about this other God that they say that they are also God all gods are the same in the end he was asking those questions and I shared from my opinion from my life but most importantly from the scripture why Jesus is the way the truth and the life and as talking to this man the other guy is shaking his head yes yes you know because he was not in my radar Right? He's just he's shaking his head, going in. Now I'm, cha- I'm turning my head to him also and talking to him also, right? To two of them. At that time, I'm going to seize this opportunity. Opportunity presents itself here. I'm not going to let it go. And I shared the gospel to both of them. And I turned to this guy and said, have you ever given your life to Christ? 
And he said, no, no, I have not done. And I shared the gospel and said, do you want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of it? He said, yes, I want to follow the Lord Jesus. One turned out, what about you believe that Jesus, the son of God, he died for your sin. He was buried on the third day. He rose again. Do you want to follow the Lord? Do you believe in this thing? What is the meaning of baptism? We discussed and said, yes, I want to follow. I, I stood up and said, yeah, whoa. I danced around a little bit on my table and they looked at me, you know. I mean, I didn't want to be so weird, but I, you know, I did a little bit of my salvation dance. Yeah, you know. And, uh, and I said, so we get baptized this Sunday? He said, yes, if we don't work. 2 p.m., they told me they were going to let me know whether they'll come or not. I got a text from Larry that they were going to work on Friday. We're going to work on this Sunday. If they don't work on Friday, we'll have two baptisms. I wanted to introduce them to Fasto and Rosa because they are Latino. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a new member for Spanish congregation here at the church. You know? And I told them that we have Spanish congregation. And they have never gone to church except once, Christmas time. That's it. You go to church now. And their kids go to Santa Clara High School. Right? If we're ready. If we are ready... We can seize every opportunity to position people to enter into the kingdom of God. We don't do the conviction. We don't do the saving. But what we can do? I can turn my head and look at him and say, you want to enter the kingdom of God? That I can do. That is Hope Silicon Valley. Feeding hungry and thirsty, spiritually, physically. And all of us can be a part of it. Larry, our member, did a good work by directing those people to the church and to us. And that we are available. This is a work that we do together. Good job, Larry. Good job, Larry. Awesome. Right? So no opt-in or opt-out. We are commanded to love one another. I'm going to call uh, Fasto. Can you please come here? And I'm going to ask the worship team to get ready as we go into this. Because as I talk about this, two gentlemen. When I first met Fasto, and God gave us the Vision 2020 to start a Spanish congregation here, we prayed for leaders. We can just start on our own. And very soon enough, Rosa Flores said, Pastor, he came, she came to me and said, I'm going to join the church. Say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Because she is a Latino that loves the Lord. She's a, a leader in the American Baptist women for Hispanics. The family is here. And I, I met Faso and said, Hey, Faso, uh, how are you doing? Uh, how long have you been here at the church? Because I was new. And he said, Pastor, I'm coming here because my daughter is here. And my grandsons and grandkids are here. I'm just coming for them. He was not a part of this church at that time. But I called him and I shared to him the vision 2020 of starting a, a Spanish-speaking church here. I said, Fasto, Fasto, I feel like God is connecting us and to do something for Spanish-speaking. Would you become a member of this church? And you are teaching the Bible study now. And he said, I'm not against it. I'm going to talk to my family. I'm going to talk to my daughter and see where it is. And here it is today. And she said, I'm ready to receive the towel. Right? Our towel is called Hair to Serve. Hair to Serve. Fasto, 
When those two Hispanic gentlemen walk into my office, the only word that I could say were, I mean, some like, uh, buenos dias, you know, those kind of things. And the other thing was, you may think that I'm local. I mean, because I know the local, right? But I'm speaking the truth, and they laugh at the local, you know. But I feel God is going to do something big. And you are part of it. Ricardo is part of it. Rosa is part of it. We are going to build this Ecclesia Batista Santa Clara. We're going to build this here, right? And I want to welcome you to the family of God. Yeah. So hope Silicon Valley. Saving one soul at a time. Building one person at a time. And see where the Lord will lead us. There are many prodigal sons. There are many homes that are broken down. When I was talking to these two Spanish guys, you know that some of your friends are living in the van. You know that they are sleeping in the car. You know that they need medical and maybe they don't have paper and they're afraid to go to doctors. You know that and they're shaking their head. You come here, there is no prejudice, no judgment. We don't ask where you come from. We just want to simply love you. We want you to get the care that you can. Aren't we all about that, Santa Clara First Baptist Church? Yes? Yes. Let's be on our feet. On the streets that we walk and run, People that are looking for shelter and looking for hope. As you stand and sing this song, ask the Lord to expand the territory of your heart that you may truly, truly come out of your selfish mode, nature, and love the Lord, your God, with all your heart. Love your neighbors as you love yourself. Father, forgive me for being selfish. Forgive me from, for being self-centered. It's hard for me to love others, Lord, because many times I think of my interest. But today I stand here this morning with the church, Santa Clara First Baptist Church, that we want to live like you. We want to live like you and share the love that you have shared to us freely. As we sing this song and worship, may the Spirit of the Lord fall afresh on all of us. In Jesus' name I pray and people of God say, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen.